Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. All right, everybody, welcome back to another Modcast edition of the Auburn Live Show. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Jeffrey Cole, I'm Justin Hokinson. What's up, fellas? How about you there, Hope? What's up? What's up? What's up? How excited are we for Auburn, Georgia, man? I'm really excited. Yeah. Are you? Recruits, man, recruits. <laughs> That's true. Bright side. I mean, really. You know, I mean, fans are going to be excited about this game. I'm excited to see what the hell Vegas knows that none of us know. 14? You think it's small? The number one team in the country after the what we've seen from Auburn in their only two Power 5 games? Obviously, we'll get to all this, but that's what I'm going. I'm like, what am I missing here? Yeah. So, you know what it is, Jeffrey? 6,000 yards. Six thousand yards. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sure, forty-four yards. Lord have mercy. It's not that. No, I thought um, the same thing last week when it was eight or seven and a half, eight, nine, and yeah. crept up. But I was thinking, okay, they've got to be giving Hugh Freeze some credit, right? Maybe they're giving him some credit because it's on the road. Auburn didn't play well at Cal, you know. I didn't, nobody really thought Auburn was going to beat A&M anyway. I was like, eight points seems kind of low to me. I thought it would be at least ten. Blew my mind. This week, yeah, definitely low. I thought. I thought, yeah, I thought I last week A and M would be ten. And yeah, so last that's week a bunch of people took A and M. I saw some national people. Pretty good number of people were on A and M to to cover that one. So they were they were on that. Um, all right, hey, real quick, OfferLive dot com. If you're not there, if you're joining us through YouTube, whatever. If you're not subscribed, go check us out. It's one dollar for a month. Um, 
And then I think the big game special is still going on. It's half price for an annual till what, Friday at midnight maybe? Thursday at midnight? So. At least through the week. Yeah. So go check it out. I mean, half price for an annual subscription, man. That's that's money. Um, a lot of good football coverage. Basketball is starting up, so that's about to be cranking. And then, of course, recruiting um, will start to pick up, too, with home games against Georgia and Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Alabama. So a few more big recruiting weekends will happen as well. Um, so go to OverLive.com, check all that out. All right, let's jump into this thing, as we always do, prize picks. Let's sort of – Talk about some numbers. Picks. Hey, before we uh, talk some numbers, let me tell you about Prize Picks. If you don't know already, man, uh, Prize Picks is uh, being our sponsor. It's giving us a big deal for all our listeners. Go to PrizePicks.com. Use the promo code. I'm, I'm sorry, not PrizePicks.com. Go download the app. That's what we all use. Prize Picks app, dude. It's really easy to use. It's very simple. Uh, so go download the Prize Picks. Set you up an account. Prize Picks. Use the promo code WARIGLE, all caps, one word. And they will match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. So if you go on there, set you up an account, uh, use the promo code War Eagle, they will give you 100 bucks if you did deposit 100 bucks. So 100 bucks at Prize Picks is 200 bucks on Prize Picks. Uh, if you don't know how it works, you pick two to six players. All you're doing is playing against the projections. You're not playing against anybody else. Uh, you pick. You can win up to 25 times your money. We all have, and then we've all lost it, but. <laughs> Uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, man. You're either picking more or less here. They give you a projection. This week's projections for Auburn. Let me tell you how bad Price Picks thinks of Auburn's passing game. This is all. Uh, so Auburn's top three wide receivers, according to Price Picks, and uh, I mean this is not like Price Picks, but this is their projections for Auburn's wide receivers: Rivaldo Fairweather, Shane Hooks, both at 21.5 receiving yards. 21. Point five receiving yards. Do you think there'll be more or less? You can go on Prize Picks and make that pick. The top wide receiver, according to Prize Picks this week, it will be Jay Fair, who his projection is twenty six point five. That's low. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that's against Prize Picks. I'm saying that against Auburn's passing game. The, the lack of respect for yeah. Auburn's passing game. Is uh, is glaring. So if you feel good about any of those three projections, you can go on prospects, make a pick of more or less. Uh, as we said, Jay Fair twenty six and a half, Rivaldo Fairweather and Shane Hooks both twenty one and a half. Fellas, I don't know what to make of that. And I think it was something similar last week at A and M. It's kind of sad. That's your top three yeah. receivers, and 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 you're saying combined. I'm not sure that Auburn's top three wideouts are going to get to seventy yards. Like if that happened. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If that happens, well, I mean, I don't know where else your passing game is going to go. How many passing yards did Auburn have last week? Was it 53? Yeah, I mean, Thorne had 44, so 56 maybe total, something like that. Yeah, 56. it was in the 50s. Nine for 23, 56. Dang, so they're expecting another week similar to what we all saw last week against A&M. Yeah, I mean, if, if Rivaldo Fairweather and Shane Hooks are used like we think they're going to be used, or they should be used, they should get that in one catch. Well, you know, if you think about Jay Fair's uh, wide open uh, wheel route, if he makes that play, if uh, yep. there were a lot of we, we know that there were a lot of yards and a lot of points left on the field last week by errant throws and et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> et cetera is a good is a good is a good, term. good way to put it. Yeah, brutal. Um, all right, let's talk about it. Auburn's a 14-and-a-half-point underdog. I just went big screen, so I didn't see the chat. 14-and-a-half, uh, opened at 17 or 17-and-a-half, so it has come down a little bit. 
I, I, I think – I don't know. I think part of that is probably that Georgia's played four home games, didn't look good in the first half against South Carolina, um, you know, hasn't gone on the road. Probably a little bit of – is Carson Beck like, – you know, probably a little – just a little bit of wanting to see them play like a championship caliber team, like the number one team. I think they've played like a championship team, but maybe not number one. And then Auburn coming home, do they look better? But that's probably why that line crept down a little bit from 17 and a half, where people going, well, Auburn can't look that bad again in Georgia and rivalry game. But, man, um, rivalry's been brutal. Auburn's lost six in a row, Ooh. four of those by double digits. No, oh. no, six in a row, five of those have been by double-digit losses. Oh! Four have been 20-point-plus losses of the last Are you six. serious? Wow. Four of the last six losses have been 20-plus points. The only one that was single-digit was 2019 when Auburn got down 21 nothing in Jordan-Hare, and then Bo Nix and, and that crew out of nowhere scored two offensive touchdowns in a row late fourth quarter and all of a sudden made that a game, tried the onside kick, actually got the ball back 21-14. If you remember, went for it on fourth down, and Bo Nix missed um, Harold, Harold out of the backfield, underthrew Harold, Harold Joyner, would have been a conversion. Um, but for three quarters – that's one of the more underrated, disappointing games from Gus Malzahn. That was a good Auburn team with a really good defense. And Georgia was good, but Auburn was good too. And they were down 21 zip for three quarters. That was abysmal. But it ended up being 21-14. That's the only single-digit loss in these last six for Auburn. So, wow, it's been bad. 5-17 five, five and 17 in the last 22 for Auburn in this rivalry. And it's taken a championship team for Auburn. Four of those five wins – where Auburn teams that won an SEC title or made it to the SEC championship. And then the other one is 05 when Auburn won nine games. So it has taken a damn good Auburn team to get a win in this series. If it's not, it ain't happening. And some luck. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Hmm. This is owned Auburn. Hmm. Uh, but the line, again, I'll go back to that. And the over-under is 45 and a half. So if the line's 14, then they're expecting Auburn to score in this game. <laughs> That's what I'm reading into that. So why would that be? Why would that be? Why are they expecting Auburn to score in this game? So they're looking at 31 to 17, something like that, right? Something like that, yeah. Yep. 31 to 17 would be, what, 48? That would be 14 to 48. I mean, there could be something to it being at home, Peyton Thorne. It's got to be. I know who they played. UMass and Sanford at home. I got you. Yeah. But he looks different. I mean, he did look night and day in those games. I, I will give you that. He looks – even his throws and all that looks better. I mean, I is, is that are – you, are you saying that's because of Sanford and UMass, or is it because maybe he's comfortable at home? I don't know. Technically, technically it's not his home. He's from Michigan State. So oh, here he, we go. He, cer- <laughs> he certainly looked like the quarterback we thought he would be. At Jordan Hare this year, both games against since the couple of picks I think he had against Sanford, uh, but he was in the, he put up numbers that we were expecting. I thought Peyton Thorne would average at least 200 yards passing per game to this point right now, including the Cal and Power uh, in in A and M. I thought Peyton Thorne. You would ask me six weeks ago, five weeks ago, I would say he's entering the Georgia game averaging 210 yards. Passing and maybe forty or fifty rushing. Uh, never would have thought. Gosh, I don't even know what his numbers are. I don't think I want to know. 
I don't know. I wrote I wrote Justice Cal and A and M numbers the other day, and it was I don't know. I mean, I can't even. It was abysmal. I mean, you know, I think he, I think at Cal he had about fifty ish yards. I don't know. It's it's horrendous. Yeah. If you just take take UMass and Stanford out of the equation, which you have to, he's got two Power Five games under his belt, and he's got two non, and the two Power Fives are so bad that you, to me, you have to take the others out of out of the equation because you're like, you've seen Power Five games, so I can't possibly, I can't really look at Stanford or UMass anymore and go, well, I mean, I really can't. I mean, I guess I mean, I mean, if you're trying to look at those games and say, well, here's what it could be. But man, I mean, he's got two Power Five games under his belt, and they've looked identically bad. Mm. So it's hard for me to go. Well, but look what he did against Stanford. I don't know, man. To me, that's now I just got to go. That was Stanford. I can't count it. Well, I'll say this: uh, after doing the scouting report on Georgia's defense, I, I think I made the comment that the run defense wasn't very good. I was wrong. The run defense is good. It's seventeenth, uh, seventeenth in the country, yeah, giving up seven yards. Pass defense is, is also good, 39th in the country, um, giving up 195 yards a game. But they're not really generating the pass rush that you, you would normally see from a Georgia team. Now, they got Spencer Rattler three times, um, but the guy that's got two of those sacks, Michael Williams, and is he questionable for the game or is he back? I'm not sure. I think he might be questionable. Um, other than that, though, nobody else has double-digit sacks on the team for Georgia which I find interesting. I just thought that was an interesting stat. Maybe it helps because, you know, even though Peyton Thorne got sacked six times a week ago, mm. by my calculations, not all six of them were on the offensive line. At least three of them were, and maybe more, but three for sure. So maybe that's the matchup that that, that helps Auburn, if you're looking for anything, right? Yeah, I was looking at Georgia's defense. They've only had five sacks this year, if I'm reading this correctly. The third down, yeah. five sacks. Uh, the third down defense looks fantastic, 75%, 74%. Uh, yeah, third down defense is ninth in the country. 26% for uh, opponents, third down, uh, third down conversions. And then the sacks is what kind of jumped out to me. Five through four? Five, Michael Williams having two of them. But when you're as bad as Auburn's been, I mean, it's more yeah. about like, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, I mean, it yeah. matters, but it's like as bad as Auburn's been. I mean, st- Auburn's offense right now is the is the place where defenses go to get right. I mean, you know, it's like yeah. I, I mean, it's just so everything that you can imagine against Cal and A and M is going wrong for Auburn's offense: turnovers, penalties, mm. um, missed throws, receivers running the wrong routes. Um, you know, throws, time. I mean, you could throw a little bit of everything in the mix. Yeah. Oh, you see Zach, Zach, Zach in the back says, uh, against the two power five opponents Auburn has played, Auburn has scored a total of 17 offensive points. So that's eight and a half points per game. Auburn is averaging against power five and the 250 yards, 215 yards per game total offense. Yeah, and Cal's garbage. Ooh. One of the teams is a garbage power five team. I, know, I think uh, Washington scored 75 or something on there. I mean, they could have. I mean, Auburn's got – I mean, I did add it up after the A&M game. Auburn has 24 offensive drives against Cal and Adam, 24 drives. They've scored on three of those drives, obviously. One of those scoring drives was, was an eight-yard field goal drive against A&M. They got good field position after a punt. They went eight plays. Didn't get a first yards. down. 
and kicked a 53-yard field goal. So that's one of those drives. And so then you're talking about two touchdown drives in 24, one of which was the last drive of the game against Cal. I mean, so. It's bad. Atrocious. It's, it's really bad. So what, what is the best case you could make for Auburn to do anything in this game outside of wishful thinking? Or is it literally there's not a good case to be made outside of wishful thinking? Like what's could you make a logical outside of bias or optimism or hope where you're like, I see something that Georgia does that if Auburn can clean this up or if Auburn can clean this up, there's something to be had there. I'll say this, and I said it last week against A&M. If Auburn has serviceable quarterback play, not a Heisman Trophy winner, not a not a Cam Newton, or not even a Bo Nix, if you have a guy who can just hit the open receivers, right, that's a totally different ballgame a week ago. We might be talking about Auburn's undefeated season at this point if you had serviceable, just serviceable quarterback play. If you're not throwing into triple coverage, if you're – um, if you're hitting Tyler Fromm on the seam route, if you're hitting Jay Fair on the wheel route, man, that's a totally bit different ball game. And those aren't those aren't throws that we can't we can't expect Thorne not to make. We expect him to make those throws. So if he can just make the throws that he should have, if he can just make the throws that are wide open, I'm not asking him to put it in the breadbasket over the shoulder where only the wide receiver can catch it. I mean, it'd be nice if he did. And sometimes he has. He's made some beautiful throws at home. Hell, UMass and Sanford both, he made some beautiful throws. But if he's just hitting the open wide receivers, if he's just doing the little things that uh, that he's supposed to do and expected to do, I could see Auburn scoring 20 points. Maybe hoping for a turnover from the defense to to, to turn things around. At at no point do I think Auburn's going to win Saturday, don't get me wrong, but I think they could be competitive and look decent in losing – Especially a lot more than they than they did a week ago in in, in uh, Aggieland. Yeah, I don't know how much Carson Beck has actually been pressured to this point. Um, obviously, Georgia's offensive line is one of the best in the country, uh, talent wise and production wise. They they've you know they've held up against the pass rush pretty well, but they haven't seen quite a. I don't know if they've seen a system like Ron Roberts yet. Just from what I was watching to make these scouting reports. So if that's the case, if you can get him a little bit rattled, Georgia's offense has had these slow starts anyway in all of their games. You know, clock rules being what they are, games may be a little shortened. I think – I honestly believe that the clock rule favors the underdog 10 times out of 10. The new clock rule is going to favor the underdog every time, in my opinion. It should, yeah. So you have that going for you if – if their offense gets off to a slow start again, like it has, like it did against UAB, who also, you know, went over 300 yards and 21 points on Georgia. <laughs> Think about that. UAB. Yeah, I watched a little bit. But you know what? Jacob Zeno, I'd take him. Well, sure. I'd take him right about now. Everybody makes fun of Trent Dilfer. That's fine. I get it. Dude knows what he's doing with quarterbacks, though. Yeah, pretty good player. I dare you to try to say he doesn't. Just watch his team. But anyway, Auburn's you know Auburn's got some guys that know about quarterbacks too, so I, I do want to see how that works out, and that's why I wouldn't bench Thorne. I want to see what he does against Georgia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You you, you got to toss him out there. You got to, um, you know, 
Georgia hasn't faced a lot of – let's see, they play like – you know, nobody's really tried to run the ball in Georgia. Um, I'm sitting here looking at collegefootballstats.com. Georgia's mm-hmm. faced the third their, the third least amount of rushing attempts in the country, Georgia's defense. Um, and, and, and then I looked up Auburn's rushing numbers. Auburn's rushed the ball more than any team in the SEC. They're 24th in the country in attempts. So – that's about the only thing I could point to that say Georgia's defense um, hasn't been seriously tested against the run, and Auburn has tried to run the ball and has run effectively even in the two losses at times. They have had moments of running the ball effectively. They just shoot themselves in the foot. So I guess there's a little bit of hope that Auburn can find something in the running game. I think even with Damari Austin out, Auburn's got a running back room that can get the job done. Jarquez Hunter, Brian Batiste and Jeremiah Cobb can produce yards um, if you can stick with it. You just – you got to have the passing element, you, you know. But I do think there's some – there's going to be some room there potentially to be – to have some runs and to run it effectively some, at some points. You just can't – it can't be everything. Uh, they got to figure out how to, do, how to make the plays through the air, not turn the ball over, not, not have these penalties. I mean, Cal, you had turnovers, a and had penalties. So you haven't had a game where you don't do one of those. Have a game where you don't turn the ball over and you don't have a penalty that brings you from the 25 to the 40, and then you're punting. Like, have a game where you don't do that. Start there and see what this offense looks like. Start there and hit a couple of passes. And I bet you we'd probably all be like, whoa, already looks a lot better. That's, that's, that's one of the things I've been thinking on, man. The, the, the losses, as far as I'm concerned, don't bother you as much when you don't you haven't turned the ball over and you haven't made you know dumb penalties and you just lose to a better opponent. It's a lot better and a lot easier to take than seeing you know poor play, poor decisions, poor discipline, uh, turnovers. How I many? I think Auburn had at least ten penalties last week. It's ten total. Ten me on offense. It was a bunch. It's a lot. Now some of them are, I, I agree. Oh, all on offense. I'm sorry. All on offense. Ten offenses. Oh, wow. Two were intentional, but the other eight were not. Yeah. I have a question for both of y'all. Do you think that we might be somewhat, and we're we're not biased or anything, but do you think that we're maybe a little bit blinded by the expectation of what Peyton Thorne was, what the offense could have been? Let's just say you're a national guy who maybe paid attention to the Auburn-Texas A&M game, but not like we did. You know, not like we're breaking it down and analyzing it. Before the season, did y'all have Texas A&M losing to Auburn? Before the season started, I don't think any of us had that, right? No. I thought I thought that to me that one and the Arkansas one were toss ups. Like, like I think Auburn will have a chance, but I but I didn't I didn't necessarily think they'd win. I thought those were were real toss up games to me. Toss up, in my opinion, before the season is is almost like saying, well, yeah, they could lose that one pretty easily. Yeah, they could lose. I think they could win. I think there, there's a never, chance. Yeah. In other words, none of us said, hey, that's that's a win for Auburn. The record right now is what I thought it would be five weeks ago. Exactly. So that's probably what the national people or Vegas or whatever thought it was going to be too. And without looking too hard into it, they probably went, eh, Auburn's probably going to be competitive at home against Georgia. Is that possible? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm... Knowing how Vegas does, though, they want even money from both sides. They don't. Well, yeah. But that's why you saw the line jump. Now, I still can't believe it's not going up because, I mean, that means that tells me that some people are taking Auburn in 14 and a half. 
otherwise you'd see that line go up. If everybody was jumping on a uh, Georgia again, nobody's looking at Auburn's record and going, "Wow, they lost a game. That's unbelievable." They're going, "Yeah, that's about where we thought they'd be at this point." I think it says more about Georgia than it does Auburn. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think people are going, "Man, Auburn, watch at, watch out at home." I think they're going. Georgia's not really that great. It's a pretty, yeah. you know, two touchdowns. That's probably about right. You're going against the three feet. I'm telling you, there, there's a lot of pressure there. It's got to be. I wouldn't understand, but there's got to be a lot of pressure there. Uh, I want to say this though: Who would have guessed the two top rushing offenses in the SEC were Tennessee and Auburn at this point? Hmm. We're not that far along, obviously, but Tennessee's number eight in the country, and then. Auburn's number 31 in the country. Georgia's ranked in the 60s in rushing offense. Auburn has to be, or else they wouldn't have any offense. Exactly. <laughs> Auburn's averaging 200 yards a game. Rushing? Rushing. Wow. Yeah. Well, Peyton, you know, Peyton going to the yeah, Bucs. Yeah, that's true. Um, they, they, they've had moments. They just they can't make it last. They had moments in the second quarter in A&M, but. You can't just do that. You, you you can't run, 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 and then you got to make a pass. They don't make a pass, they make a penalty, and it's all for naught. Um, I think I think I think what Jeffrey said is true about Georgia. I mean, they're kind of like Auburn in that they've really been tested one time, mm. and they, they didn't play well for half of that at, at home. They were down what fourteen to three. Now they came out in the second half and turned it on, and I think shut them out. Whatever the ended up being, so they played better second half. But they're looking at Georgia going. I know Georgia's loaded with talent, but they've been tested once. And they didn't play well in the first half and played well in the second half. And now they're going on the road, game one, first game on the road, Carson Beck's first game on the road. And there's maybe just a just a hint of, you know, can this thing be within 14? Can this thing be within within 14 points? Zach says, are people overestimating home field advantage? Um, I agree. Three or four points, maybe. I mean, I do think it'll be a great atmosphere. And I, I think – I don't think it'll be a timid. I think we're still early enough. If this game were eight games in and Auburn was three and four, I think the I think this would be like a sold out crowd that's kind of sitting on their hands, like hoping good things happen. I do think it's early enough mm-hmm. in the season and in the freeze era where I think it'll be electric from the start. I don't think they're going to be like we're here, but I kind of feel like we're going to get our ass kicked. I think that they're going to show up and be like, let's go. Like, let's get excited. Let's, let's, let's I think rest. that line helps, too. I know we keep talking about the damn Vegas line, but, man, that gives – if I'm a fan going to that game, I, I like I said, that's giving me a little bit of hope. Like, yeah. But it's only 14. I, you're thinking it's going to be a one-touchdown, a one-score game at halftime. Auburn's going to be in this football game. First quarter is massive. That first quarter – I, I throw in the orange jerseys. Couldn't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just I'm just gonna let let it let it ride. It's not it's not gonna happen, people. Um, How about the first is massive? You got to get through the first quarter. It's just huge. Auburn can't fall behind. The offense is trying to figure out confidence. Yes. It cannot go down ten or fourteen points. Yes. The worst. Yes. They got to hang in there. Make it zero zero. Maybe it's seven to three Georgia. You got to get through that first quarter. With, and say, okay, I saw I saw a couple of plays from the offense. We're right there. Okay, I, I, there's there, there's something here that we can build on. You can't have a bad first quarter <clears throat> after what happened at A and M. Um, and you know Georgia's defense is going to stack the box. They're going to dare. They're going to please. I dare you, Peyton Thorne. Tr- please try to throw. Yeah, I'm interested what they're going to do. Uh, 
Cole. I wonder if they're going to, you know, because they didn't run enough. Auburn didn't run enough RPO against A&M. Hugh Freeze admitted that. Probably going to come back to a little bit of that bread and butter stuff. So I'd be curious to see what Georgia does, whether they kind of play their defense. Let's see what Auburn does. Do they just just say, we're going to attack the shit out of whatever Auburn's going to do? You make, a, make a read, we're coming after you. Because we don't think you can make a decision. We don't think you can throw. Um, it'll be interesting to see sort of what they do early in that game. And same thing for Auburn. I think Auburn's defense needs to come out firing. I think they need to try to get to Carson Beck, hit him early, get the crowd involved. That defense needs to come out aggressive as well for Auburn. Every, everybody's going to be teeing off on Auburn until they prove that they can, you know, win against that style. Uh, there's there's no threat. There's no reason anybody would back off of Auburn and go, all right, let's – Let's let's be safe today. There's no point. You're going to attack them because they haven't proven yet that they can handle that. So, in order to do that, some of that RPO game is built is built for that. You know, throwing against the blitz and getting getting your screen game going and things of that nature. That's what it's built for. I am looking at this though, not not to harp on the line. I'm just saying if it is going to be close, one thing that I think is is really important when you're when you're talking about and analyzing games nowadays, especially with this clock, is time of possession, which is something that was awful against Cal. You could argue that that was Auburn's most improved area against A&M. You had a drive that lasted 4 minutes and 10 seconds, 4 minutes and 36 seconds, 3 minutes and 26, 4 minutes and 28, 5 minutes and 24 seconds. Those are good like drives. how you just skipped the four straight three and outs. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's yeah. funny, you're like, you know, you're right, but then it's like, and then minute 57, minute 05, minute that 52, drought, minute 18. <laughs> but the drive lasting and the clock yeah. burning, which made yeah. it harder for Texas A&M to put points on the board. If that's the case, and you're actually driving, just think, if you finish one of those drives, just one with points, how much of a difference does it make? In my opinion, it makes a big difference. So you're melting clock. Just get a just get a score out of there, and, and it could change it could change things for you. I'm talking. Yeah, what was, I mean, it was what was it six to nothing? Was it six to three when they missed Jay Fair? Was it? Yep. Yeah, six to three. They missed Jay Fair. Auburn takes the lead if if that's the case. If they hit that play. Um, yeah, you can't underestimate what those plays mean. Not because it goes beyond the score. Yes, on the on the scoreboard, it makes it ten to six. But then it just changes things. A&M comes back. Okay, they're up 10-6. Okay, they hit a play. They can just your thinking and how you approach from that point on. Everything's different. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta hit those. You gotta hit those, those plays. Now you're 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 right, Cole. I mean, 32 plus minutes of uh, 32 plus minutes of time of possession for Auburn in that game. It's just wild that they won time of they won time of possession in that football game, and they had a stretch to start the second half of a minute 57, a minute 05 a minute 52, and a minute 18, where they ran 12 plays for negative 25 yards Yeah, in a four-drive stretch. Yep. How about the average third down distance for Auburn in that game was 11 yards? Is that good? Is that bad? That's not good. That's not good. That means you're third and long every time, which I'm pretty sure a few frees before the week was like, Third and long, no bueno, <laughs> and it happened. Yeah, yeah, you didn't. That's not third and long. That's you're averaging. Yeah, you're going backwards, averaging on first and second downs. You're averaging negative yardage. Mm-hmm. 
you're going into third down worse than you started first. That, that's penalties played into that, of course. Yeah, you had some third and 25s. But my point, the, the whole point I was wanting to make there is that time of possession is really important now with that clock yeah. moving so fast. And if you're if you're keeping the other offense off the field that long for that the long period of time like that and, and you're getting the clock burned down, just think if you finish one of those drives, how much of a difference it can make in the game. That's all I'm saying. I, I think that Auburn made a huge adjustment on that and finally strung some drives together. Now, okay, what's next? You put points on the board with those drives. Maybe that's maybe that's what happens this week. I don't know. I you know I can't predict it, but I thought that was a step in the right direction. If you're looking for any points, would be good. I'm for that. Yeah, I like points. That'd be good. I agree. And maybe not on the defensive side only. Maybe an offensive point here. There. Yeah, defense has been good. Just those big plays. I mean, not only against A and M. I mean. Al's one touchdown drive was coming off a turnover where they hit they hit Auburn with some runs, got a little bit of tempo, and and it was really their one good drive. Uh, UMass's one good drive at the beginning was a couple big plays in there. Um, <laughs> it's all right, we can't hear him. Um, Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Uh, so really, like Auburn's defense has been good, except for the big plays that have been killed them. That have, that have killed them. Like they haven't really. Um, I, you know, I'd be curious to go back and look at how you know the, of the scoring drives Auburn's given up. What were the play totals in some of those? Because, um, and they had a, I mean, they give up a you know, A and M's first drive, twelve plays, forty-one yards. Like it's not much. I mean. The two touchdown drives from A&M early in the third quarter were quick strikes, six plays, five plays, and then the third one was three plays. So you're talking about 14 total plays in the three touchdown drives for Texas A&M, 14 total plays in three touchdown drives. So it's big plays that are hurting that defense. They could, You're going to give up some, but if you could just limit those a little bit, Auburn's defense would be in a lot better shape. Speaking of the defense being in better shape, Justin, can you give us a quick update on the injuries? Yeah, I mean, I, I think other than Austin Keys and uh, and Keontae being out, obviously indefinitely, DeMar. you know, I think everybody else is going to try to go on on defense. I mean, Donovan mm-hmm. Kaufman was banged up a little bit. JD Rim, I don't know what his injury. He left the game. Hugh Freeze said Jalen McLeod battling his thing, um, but I think you know we saw everybody out there on Tuesday, so I, I think everybody will. We'll be healthy and we'll give it a go. Zion Puckett had that little shoulder stinger in that game with the with the hit over the middle, but that was yeah. his. That's his shoulder that's been hurt, so that might just be a lingering thing with him forever. Um, 
But every, you know, we saw everybody out there Tuesday, and Hugh Freeze said that everybody that was on kind of that list is is day to day, but feels like should be available. Nehemiah Pritchett played, seemed to play most of the game, um, so he's got a game under his belt. So I think they're as healthy as they can as they can be. McLeod's okay. the interesting one that I wish I wish we knew exactly how healthy Jalen McLeod was. He just he no tackles for loss, no sacks now from him in three games and. He needs to be more than that. He can't just be a guy on defense. He he's got to be an impact guy. Yes, and he hasn't he hasn't really been that for them. Yeah, and Georgia, by the way, is is sort of in an O line shuffle a little bit. They lost to Marius Mims, mm-hmm. who was their either right or left tackle. I want to see. I want to say it was the right tackle. Um. Anyway, they moved a the guard out to tackle. Can't think of his name at the moment. So that's interesting. Uh, you know, with the success that Auburn's had on defense, I think a lot of it starts up front, uh, which is, you know, defensive line is something we sort of criticized a little bit and said, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be good enough at times. Are they going to be the problem, you know, against the run? But they held, they held their own against A&M's run game, I thought, pretty, pretty well uh, besides that one big play. But it was good the whole game. Um Let's see. It's Xavier Truss is having to move to right tackle. He was playing left guard. Dylan Fairchild, Jeffrey, you might remember him, um, has moved to left guard. So they are they're rotating a little bit. I don't know if that helps Auburn. I remember all those guys. They all chose not to go to Auburn. They're Georgia's offensive line: Ernest Green at left tackle, Dylan Fairchild, Cedric Van Pran, Tate Ratledge, Xavier Truss. That's your offensive line for Georgia. Studs. Yeah, at least three of those guys I can tell you offhand took a, took official visits to Auburn. It, it who was the guy that's hurt? Um, Amarius Mims. Amarius Mims too. Is he the Auburn, one that toured with Florida State? Is that the one that the Florida the people yeah. thought Florida State was going to get in the portal and then he stayed at Georgia? Or was that Broderick Jones? One of oh, is Broderick Jones still there? No, he's in the NFL. I was going to say he's an old guy. Yeah. So I don't know if that matters. Their defensive line, George's defensive line, kind of young. Um, interesting. Yeah, it was I don't yeah, know. American. I'm looking for places. I'm not finding many for Auburn uh, that, that where there's a favorable matchup. Or yeah, more. where are your advantages there? Special teams, maybe. Yeah, and Justin, go, going back to what you were saying on on our show that we did, kicking. Um, that's what I was referring Monday, to. Oh, yeah. The talent thing. I don't know. I mean, I say A&M had a few guys in Auburn, but there was no real glaring just talent, you know, difference, I thought, at any position other than quarterback, which that obviously is a big deal. But defensive line held with the offensive line, offensive line held with the defensive line for the most part, especially in the run game. I thought both lines of scrimmage, Auburn either, you know, won in the run game or did – or was that – you know, a perfect matchup for A&M, and that wasn't supposed to be the case on paper. So if they can do that against them, I'm not sure how much more talented Georgia's defensive front is than A&M's. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree. Texas A&M's defensive line yeah, is is plenty talented. I mean, even for Georgia, what, what A&M put out there on the defensive line Hard to get better than that in terms of a prospect. Yes, A and M. That's that's one area where they went out and got some 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 studs. 
Um, yeah, I think, I mean, the problem is I think Auburn can hang in this game. They just have to do a bunch of things they haven't done, which is play a clean game. And one of the things that I'm watching for that Hugh Freeze mentioned on Wednesday um, was he talked about, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, on the teleconference, I said, hey, where, how would you assess Peyton, Peyton Thorne's confidence level? And, and if it's low, how, how do you fix that on the fly? How do you fix that game week or when you have game? How do you fix confidence mm-hmm. in a very short period of time? And he kind of he gave a long answer. But one of the things he talked about was pocket presence. And he went on to say he didn't think Peyton's pocket presence was where it needs to be, and they're really working on that. And it, we saw that in our little open period on Tuesday. We saw them working on um, – somebody rushing and them having to sidestep and make a throw or make a throw over a defender, but staying in the pocket. And, I mean, clearly that was a problem against A&M was Peyton Thorne feeling comfortable in the pocket. That's probably the most immediate glaring thing that they could try to fix was you have got to chill out in the pocket, keep your eyes downfield, and sidestep. Don't turn. Don't do spin moves to try to evade pressure because when you turn around, you're not going to have a clue what's going on down the field. Like, calm down, stay in the pocket, keep looking straight ahead, and 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 try to make throws. That's that's something that they can, I think, improve on week to week if they can get him to do that. So I don't know. Maybe fix his pocket presence a little bit. Get him. Get him staying looking ahead. Don't turn the ball over. Don't commit stupid holds. And I think, all, I think just that alone is something that could create opportunities for this offense. And I think those are all things that you can do from week to week. Don't turn it over. Don't commit dumb penalties. Peyton Thorne, like, keep your eyes downfield. And I think all of a sudden it could look a, a little bit different. And you just got to make the plays. But I do think there are some fixes that can happen. And to Freeze's credit, he said, look, we're, we're to blame too. We're to blame. The coaches are to blame. I think we've failed them in some areas. So that's good to hear him say that and take some of the pressure off of the quarterbacks and Peyton Thorne to say, that hey, we, we failed them in some areas too. And I mean, Free straight up said, I promised him we would do a better job of coaching him this week. Justin, I'm looking at the quote right now from Hugh Freeze this week in your story. Um, I was one of the people that, and I think I might have been in the minority a little bit because the average fan looks at the game and goes, ah, oh, that's Thorne. That's on Thorne. We don't always know that. It's just not possible to know who to blame on every single play until you go back and watch it. And then it's not possible still. You you have to almost uh, speculate a little bit if you're not in the huddle, if you're not at practice, if you're not on the headset. Well, this quote right here sort of confirms something that I was thinking. I, I just don't think it's a, a – it, it was, you know, 100% that Peyton Thorne doesn't know what he's doing or doesn't know where to go with the ball. I think he knows. So this is the quote. He said, I promised him we'd do a better job of coaching him this week and preparing him. And when you say coaching him, that means the other positions that need to be in the right spot at the right time for him. So in other words, you can't fix Peyton Thorne unless everybody's right. Okay? His his issues, they're not going to be right if everybody's not right. You have to start there and get everybody right because the timing, and then it goes on right here, when the ball is snapped, he knows, talking about Thorne, the dig should be the throw, and if it's not the right time for the from the receivers, it throws him off and leads to sacks. Thought that was perfect. That's exactly what I was thinking too. That means sometimes the timing was off with the receivers. He said it. He just said that. 
you if you're telling him to throw to where receiver's going to be and he ain't there, sack. Count on it. So how do you fix that if you don't if you think the I mean if you think there's you got to still run some of that stuff. You got to run RPO. You got to your receivers have got to develop, make plays. Um, but I don't know how you. What do you tell Peyton Thorne? Hey, if I mean he drops back and a receiver doesn't write the run run the right depth, or if if they're not running at 100 percent, they're running at 90 percent, and you don't get there in time. He, I don't know. Do you build more checkdowns? Do you say, all right, we're going to take options away outside instead of four options, we're going to give you three, and then now one of those options is going to be a back out of the backfield, so that if you think you're in trouble, you can dump it off. I don't, I don't know how you fix some of that. Um, I, don't, I don't think you changed much. I think you game planned it open. I think you saw, like Jeffrey said, several times when there was a touchdown to be made, there was a big play to be made. You don't, you don't stop it just because things didn't work out that way, I don't think. I think you've already prepared for it. I think Peyton Thorne does know what to do. I think the receivers know what to do. There was something off with the timing at times. There was something off with Peyton Thorne's timing at times. And maybe when he was, his timing was going to be right, he got sacked because pass protection didn't hold up. So you keep trying it. I, I stay with it because I've seen many, many times in Auburn games when they could not scheme something open. So I think that is uh, – you're doing something that I've seen some Auburn teams that have struggled on offense couldn't do. Yeah, that, that kind of leads me to my next question about this offense is if this thing's 14 nothing at halftime or if all, whatever, if Auburn's down 14 points, maybe 17 in the third quarter, are we just going to see a repeat of A&M, yank Peyton Thorne again, toss Robbie in? I mean, I, Cole, I mean, I, 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 I made my, my – my opinion known, you know, early in the week that, that that pissed me off. I just if you if you're gonna sit here and praise Peyton Thorne about understanding the offense and you're gonna sit here and say that he's got a high football IQ and he has the best understanding, then you gotta you got to let him get reps and, and stuff in the game. You cannot keep yanking him um if you want him to get better and if you want things to get better. Like you're doing no you're not none, none of this is it's all for naught if you keep yanking him. And, I mean, I'm just curious if this thing's third quarter at 17-3. I guess it depends. Like, if you're like, oh, if you, you know, maybe, maybe they got 200 yards of offense at that point and they just had a couple turnovers that weren't Thorne's fault. And it could, it could be 17-3 and it'd be a different scenario than three points against A&M. But um, the, I next just, time, the next time Peyton Thorne gets pulled out of a game and it's not a situational pull for Robbie – the next time Peyton Thorne gets pulled out of the game should be the last. He should be that like okay, yeah. you're done, Robbie or Holden or whoever Henry. You're now our number one quarterback, and you're going. We're going to lose or win with you. Yeah. Don't uh, stop this shit. All right. <laughs> I don't want to see this. All right. Either you're our guy or you're not. So leave him in there if he's your guy. Let him. Let him make his mistakes. Let him throw his interceptions. Let him finish the game and lose thirty-five to three. Or if you're going to pull him, then then build your offense around whoever is going in the football game. If it's going to be Robbie Asher, there's probably going to be some plays that you have now with Robbie that you didn't have, and vice versa. You're probably not going to be able to throw those intermediate routes with a lot of a lot of confidence. Although you couldn't do it with Peyton either. But that that, that was, in my opinion, the next time Peyton Thorne gets pulled, he needs to be from there on. He just lost his job. 
Yeah, I agree. And he's now the backup quarterback, and whoever is the starter is in. Don't, no more of that, oh, you know, who's got the hot hand shit. No. Nobody. Right. But I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I thought they did a disservice to the offense and Peyton Thorne pulling him in that A&M game. You're just wasting opportunities to fight through yes. whatever yes. you're dealing yes. with. Yes. Um, yes. Especially in Georgia. Nobody expects you to win anyway. Right. Absolutely. What better time to, to, than to get some yeah. learning experience under your belt? Fail. Fail some more and fail some more. Let him have a chance to redeem himself. Maybe he throws yeah. a late quarter touchdown, grab some mo- uh, momentum, grab some early confidence. So now you've got a quarterback with, with some gaining confidence. If nothing else, you lose the football game and you've got a quarterback who's a little bit more confident moving forward. I don't think yep. I think that's what what you said you were pissed off last week. I think that was a golden opportunity. Yep. Uh I think the same thing at Cal happened. It was like leave him in. I think we were talking about that against Sanford. It was like leave him in no matter what, let him play. And he threw two interceptions and fumbled and whatever else, but he still left him in and he ended up with two fifty and one twenty. Whatever it was. And we all were like, that's what we were, th- that's what we think. I mean, what the hell do we know? But that's what we think he should have done. And he didn't do that against A&M. And I-, I hope moving forward, like, again, what the hell do I know? But personally, in my opinion, I hope moving forward, you live and you die. You ride and you die with Peyton Thorne. Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned Nicole earlier in the week. It, it made me think of the 2013 Auburn LSU game in Baton Rouge. And that game was 21-zip at halftime. And Auburn, and I think Nick Marshall had thrown a pick, and it was pathetic. Yep. And then, lo and behold, you figured something out in the second half. Mm-hmm. You didn't see that coming. There were no points. You could not have predicted Auburn's going to turn around in the second half and put up three touchdowns and 200 yards rushing and a half of football in Baton Rouge. You didn't predict that. You just you, you stuck with it, and you figured it out. In the second half of that LSU game that season – Change the entire season. You go, whoa, that's it. That's the formula. And you, you just what to me the A and M Cal a little bit, but A and M for sure. You wasted an opportunity to try to figure something out. And you could be a half ahead of where you are now. Every time you pull Peyton Thorn, you're further behind where you could be. That's right. I uh, <clears throat> I want to tell this small story real quick. I was talking to a friend who's an Alabama fan yesterday and he's disgusted with Alabama of course because they're not playing to their standard right um he said Auburn's going to beat Alabama at the end of the year I said all right man you, you know you're exaggerating I, I've heard some Alabama fans say this Come oh on. they're terrified that that's going to happen I said what gives you the eye what makes you believe that could happen at the end of the year he said Auburn's offense always gets better by the time they play Alabama uh, and it made me think, and I was thinking about that. He's not necessarily wrong. It does get better by the time they play Alabama. Even with Robbie Ashford running the Service Academy offense last year, yeah. it was effective against them at times. It's not effective enough to win the game, especially when your defense can't stop a nosebleed. But, you know, they figured some things out. I guess what I'm saying is I think back to the 2017 Iron Bowl when Jarrett Stidham because earlier in that year, he had gotten sacked, what, 11, 12 times against Clemson? 
Was that oh, the gameplay. Yeah, they, they had to completely change how they were attacking. It was. It was. They were. Chip Lindsey was trying way too hard to go downfield, downfield, downfield. Didn't they only score three or six in that game against Clemson? Yeah, defense held them in it, but it was like seventeen to six or something was the final. Mm-hmm. Fourteen six. Well, that that was another one of those moments that Auburn's offense looked as as bad as you could ever imagine, and. So, you're talking about six sacks for Peyton Thorne in the A&M game versus 11 in that Clemson game. It's almost like, all right, let's let's talk, our, talk ourselves down for a second and think logically if we can, the best that we can. There's a lot of room for improvement here, and that's why I keep pointing out these small things like time of possession. That was a huge thing that they fixed from the Cal game to the Texas A&M game. They're running the ball well. Auburn's usually pretty good when they run the ball. I do think there's just there's just opportunity out there for, for getting better and, and becoming a more complete offense. I really I think it's there. I'm not giving up on it yet is what I'm saying. I see a lot of people giving up on it. I feel like it's weird that I have to address that after four games in, with a new coach, but I am. I'm going to address it, and I don't think – I think there's a lot of offense to be had out there for Auburn, a lot of playmakers. And I, I think Peyton Thorne can get it together. I still believe it. I do, too. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. I do, too. We've seen what he's capable of. Capable of. We've seen what Robbie's capable of. We know how many yards Peyton Thorne threw for, don't we, Cole? <laughs> Six thousand. It is crazy, though, if you watched them back-to-back and you went back and you watched that Clemson game with Jarrett Stidham. You remember – a lot of those sacks is because he held on the ball so long. It's like, mm-hmm. well, let go of the football. Why are you not throwing it? Then you fast forward to that Alabama game that year. He could not miss. Lit it up. Couldn't miss. He hit everything. He was almost 100%. Yeah, they had 117 yards of offense in that game. They lost 14-6. to six. I'm just saying it can happen that way. Carry on is hurt. Yeah, he got his ribs busted by Ronnie Harrison at the end there. Well, in the Alabama game, he got, but he got, he had a people to hamstring against Georgia Southern before that, the week before, and they went with Petway. And, um, yeah, those two defenses were nasty. So, I mean, what's the formula Saturday? What are we, what's what are we, uh, what are we thinking? Man, as much as I want to, like, Jump on the uh, Auburn's at home. They're due. Uh, the home crowd's going to play a big difference. Peyton Thorne's going to feel comfortable. Auburn's going to keep it close. Not there, uh, you know. And honestly, I can see that, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it uh, enough. I think it's. I think I'd give the points, man. I, I Georgia thirty-five, thirteen, something like that. Thirty-five, seventeen. Something that probably looks worse than it. Uh, where it was, I, honestly, like I said earlier, if Auburn commits very few penalties, I don't expect them to be perfect, no turnovers, and just loses the game because they're just not there yet, that's a win in my book. Uh, this is a mulligan for Hugh Freeze. This is this is this year. You want to get better. You want to project project positivity to the hundreds of recruits sitting over here, and so far against these Power Five teams, they haven't done that. So you want if you're going to lose to the number one team in the country, and I think they will, at home in front of a, a lot of recruits, do it 
in a positive fashion. Look decent. Yeah. Show show positivity. Show improvement. So show some fight. Show some discipline, and, and and lose it like a man. Like wait, I gave you my best, and it just wasn't enough. And then the coaches go in there and say, "Hey, we just don't have the the Jimmys and Joes." Yeah, we need you. That's, yeah, the, yeah. that's the difference, man, between this year and next year. Yeah, and recruits look at it that way too. Absolutely. Um. We talked a lot about that spread, but I, I'm more curious about the over-under, actually. Do y'all think – I mean, what would y'all take on that, the 45-and-a-half over-under in this game? Depends on how the first quarter goes. <laughs> um, I mean, if you think Auburn's offense is inept to score points, you would yeah. be assuming that Georgia's going to score 45 or 40 on Auburn. What did I say my score was? 35-13? Um, yeah, 35-13. 30. So that's a couple of field goals and a touchdown. I think that's about right. From what I've seen, what I expect, I would say a touchdown, a couple of field goals from Auburn's offense. Now, that's not including a punt return. Hell, if they can catch it um, for a touch, you know, it's a defensive touchdown or something like that. Uh, I, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not crazy about Georgia scoring 40 points. I think they're averaging 40, but I don't think – I think around 30 to 35. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Plus 13 from Auburn. So 45 and a half, probably a pretty good line. Um, Justin, you said you thought he thought Auburn might cover on the board earlier this week. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, yeah, on Monday, yeah, yeah. Well, and to be fair, 17 when I said that. Okay. Well, either way, Justin, I wouldn't yeah. argue. I would. I mean, because there's a there's a debate here. To, there's a there's an argument to be made. If Peyton Thorne can hit those open wide receivers that that he didn't do against A and M, Auburn can be in this football game. Yeah. Until the very end, I, I I I could I could argue that I could argue a Georgia blowout, and what I mean blowout is what I just said thirty one thirty four to thirteen something like that. Yeah. I could argue I also argue twenty seven to twenty one Georgia. Sure. Justin, you okay? Let's just assume you bought the uh, the the line there at seventeen, and you're staying with that, saying Auburn can stay within seventeen. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm taking the under. We'll make, I hear you. That over and under. I feel more confident about that. In, in other words, I think it could be a really similar score to A&M, uh, like 27-10. 2713, something like that, yeah. Yeah, I just don't I don't see Georgia going crazy on offense. I, I do – I have a little bit of trust in what Auburn's defense is capable of. And, and now that I've seen Auburn control the football a little bit, Six plays per drive against Texas A&M, as opposed to three for Cal. Huge jump. That's three more plays per drive. That's more time. I just think that that under is going to hit on this one. And I'm not predicting Auburn to win. Predicting Georgia to win, but I think it could be a little bit closer. So if it is the under, maybe I'm with you on the 17 points there. Yeah. Yeah, I. I you know when you, have, you when you you know when you have those feelings about a game and you're like I don't know where that's coming from like that's frustrating right you're like I, I don't know why I'm thinking this I don't know it's sort of similar to how it was before Cal Cal's not any good but I was like this is going to be a tricky one and just the just the, just everything around it was like the second game across the country just a lot of things went into that I'm like this is just going to be a, a weird one a, a, a trickier game than it than it than it should be yeah. 
I feel a little bit of that going in. I know, look, we all know how Auburn's looked offensively. Um, but coming home, it'll be a fantastic environment. I think Auburn's offense, you know, they limit the turnovers and the penalties. That alone will help. I think Georgia is obviously extremely talented, but, but first road game, Carson's Beck, Carson Beck's first road game of the year. I, you know, I, I think I just think this thing is going to be more competitive than people think, and I don't know what the final ends up. Maybe Georgia Tech's went on late, um, and you know, or, or there's a late mistake where Auburn's pressing and they throw a pick, and you know, and or something like that. It's ten points, and Auburn's in it, and Peyton Thorne makes a mistake yeah. trying to press or something. And I just think this thing's going to be in the third quarter, and we're going to be going. It's we're sitting here twenty to. You know, or sixteen to ten in the third quarter, twenty to thirteen in the third quarter. Um, I just think Auburn's going to be in this thing. I think they're going to look much different offensively. I don't know if they're going to look any better, but I do think there's going to be some confidence. A couple plays made. Um, if Auburn's defense can keep playing the way they've been playing, so yeah, I, I don't know. I would take I would take the Auburn plus even now fourteen and a half. I'd probably take it if, if you know hypothetical gun to my head. I hear you. I'd probably take it. I, I think this thing will be a little more competitive than people think. This isn't you – know, Georgia came in here two years ago, right? The, that first was Stetson Bennett and them and ran away with it at the end, 31-10. But it was – I think it was 17-3 late, fourth, late third quarter. Like Auburn had had some chances but couldn't quite punch it in. You, you, they were sort of hanging around. I don't know that this Georgia team is that Georgia team um, offensively. So I don't know why Auburn can't hold these guys to 24 maybe 27. And if they do, Auburn can get a, a touchdown in the first quarter. Like, I just think this is going to be a game. So, yeah, I don't know what it's going to be, but I, I wouldn't go as far to say I think Auburn's going to be in the fourth quarter with a chance to win, but I think this thing will be competitive for a while um, more than people more than people think. I, I do think that. And I'm just hoping for an atmosphere, man. I I think it'll be – Sanford was unbelievable. I, I, that atmosphere blew me away. I was – I mean, that, there wasn't a seat empty. That was wild. Um so I just would love to see an awesome atmosphere. Just get me into the fourth quarter with a fun atmosphere. Just get me in. Get me going into the fourth where this thing's still in the ballpark, and Auburn fans are still thinking we're in this thing, maybe. And 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 man, what a, what a fun day it could be for recruits and all that good stuff. I I want to see that. I don't know the last time. I mean, I don't. I guess. I mean, Auburn's had some good atmospheres. But it's been different. Like under Harson, they had some sellouts, but there was always sort of an underlying like. We're here, we're yeah. here, but I don't know. I mean, we're here because we're Auburn fans, but I don't know. There's a little more belief now where I think it could be a, a a notch up. I think it could be electric if they hang in there. Yep, I agree. Um. All right. Well, big recruiting weekend. Make sure at AuburnLive.com. Um, I'm sure some some stories will come out of that probably immediately with some big dudes. Oh yeah. Some kids coming out. The, Saturday evening and um, end of the end of the days following. So uh, make sure you check out AuburnLive.com for all of that good stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, see how it goes. Hugh Freeze has got chance number two. Um, hey, Hugh Freeze is one and zero against Kirby Smart all time. Mm. Hugh Freeze's last. I looked up the other day. I was looking and I had forgotten. He's, Hugh Freeze's last season at Ole Miss was Kirby's first season at Georgia. Georgia was ranked 23rd. Ole Miss was ranked 13th. And Georgia went to Oxford and got their doors blown off. 
Ole Miss beat them 45-13 to that day. Hmm. Chad Kelly is a quarterback. Jacob Eason or was at Georgia, and they quite – it was Kirby's first year. They went 6-6, six and six, but they went to Oxford, and Ole Miss beat the brakes off them. Hmm. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like that Saturday, but – He's at least one to know against old Kirby. Interesting. All right. Well, it's been good. Everybody go check out overlive.com. Take advantage of that half-off annual offer or do a dollar for a month. That would be awesome. Subscribe to YouTube. Hit the notification button. That would really help us as well. Until next time, we'll see you guys. Bye. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, Time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.